You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 349, How to Build Your Church Safety Team. Last week we talked about how to keep your church safe. This is such an important topic, but sadly it's one that often gets overlooked in so many of our church planning issues when we're planting a church or um, just even looking at how we run church. Security and safety is is often that thing that kind of gets pushed to the very back and not really dealt with until we have an incident and then we say, oh my gosh, we need security. We need to have a safety team. So um, let me help you on the front end to look at what it takes to build a church safety team. Now, before we get started, I want to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, The Darkest Part of the Night. Last week, we uh, introduced uh, When the Future Ended, Volume 1 of the Zombie Terror series. The Darkest Part of the Night is Volume 2. This is a fast-moving, fast-paced series. Somebody asked me, is this a Christian uh, series of books? Kind of. Um, every, every Christian who, who creates art is creating something that's hopefully going to reflect their faith. And so there are um, reflections, there are uh, moments in the novels where, where Christianity is discussed, but I'm not trying to write Christian novels. I'm just trying to tell a great story. So if you like a lot of action, if you like great characters, if you like some humor, if you like some romance, some thrills, some, some surprises... By all means, check out The Darkest Part of the Night. I know you'll enjoy it. All right. So last week we talked about how to keep our churches safe. And one of the ways we do that is we build a safety team. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But we also talked about some churches that might feel more comfortable using local law enforcement. Uh, Maybe that's you. Maybe you feel much more comfortable hiring local police officers to provide security. That is fantastic. That's, uh, in in many ways, that's a better way to go, but it does have some limitations and drawbacks, which I discussed. And one of those those drawbacks is finding the right officer for the right for, for to fit your church because. Let's face it, if you just call the police department and say, hey, I need an officer to direct traffic or I need an officer to provide security, it's a roll of the dice as to who you're going to get. And you might get an officer who's not a Christian. You might get an officer who's grumpy. You might get an officer who doesn't really interact well with the public. And even though that's sad that it's the case, it's just reality. So my suggestion is, is to try and find an officer who has a good personality, who's going to fit in with your church. It's not essential that that officer is a Christian or even a member of your church, but someone who's who's not going to turn people off because they're not smiling. You want an officer who's friendly, and you can tell them that. You know, you're paying them. You can say, listen, you know, we just need a warm, friendly environment. Obviously, we want you providing security and making sure everybody's safe, but also it's we need somebody who can be approachable if somebody needs to talk to you and 
um, someone who has good people skills. So that's what you really want to try and get. And um, this can come about because you know an officer or maybe you can get a referral and you can offer that um, officer the job. Um, we're fortunate because we have two police officers in our church. One's on the safety team, one's involved in youth ministry. And, and, and so we can kind of swap out when we have a big event, it, it, you know, hiring them to come and work the event. But, uh, but as far as uh, if that's who you're going to depend on for security, I would just say let's try and get an officer who's going to fit in with the, the vibe and the personality of your church and then Hire them again next week, and then the next week, and see if they'll, um, you know, take this job on. And if they say, well, listen, I can't do it every week, then ask them to coordinate finding the right person to come and um, work for your church, because they'll know who's going to be a good fit. So when you can find a good officer, they're like gold. And if they want to be the coordinator for, for, for the job of providing security and safety and directing traffic or whatever you need at your church, by all means, let them handle it. But now I want to talk about building a team from within. Building a team from within. I think this is probably um, even a better way to go. And as I've said last week, um, we do a bit of a hybrid. We, we have a, a, a safety team that's composed of members of our church. But when we have a big event, when we have something going on that's going to um, fill the parking lot, um, you know, maybe a, an outreach or whatever, then we'll also hire a police officer to be there as well to give us a little bit of extra presence and security. So, but let's talk about building a team from within the church. First of all, you've got to start with a leader. Who is going to lead this team? Um, <clears throat> it could be one of the pastors who, who has to start off assembling and putting a team together. It's great if this pastor or leader has military or law enforcement experience, but it's not vital. It's not essential. But that's kind of who they want to target to begin with. Is there anybody in your church who's retired law enforcement or maybe retired military or has served? Um, you want the right person. And I always would say, let's get an active member of your church. You know, one of the guidelines that we have for our safety team is they have to be an active member of the church. Um, they need to be involved in a connect group. They need to have gone through our next steps, which is our new member assimilation um, they need to be involved in the life of the church. I don't want somebody that's just going to show up to do safety and security. They have to be an active uh, member involved in every aspect of the church. And, you know, this is, this is really, and if, and if you have to turn some people away, um, I've actually had to turn people away. They only wanted to come to church on the Sundays they were serving on the safety team, and that's not acceptable. You know, you've got to be there. You've got to be a part of the church. And so... Finding the right members who can help you lead and put them together. Um, as the leader who's assembling the team, do you know this person or do you know someone who can vouch for them and vouch for their character? Um, you know, we've added people to our team over the years who I might not have known personally to start with, but we were able to get a good recommendation, and, and, and then I was able to interact and kind of get a, a feel for the person. So this is really important. So, so who are the, the people that you're going to pick? You know, I started with a handful of people several years ago um, who I thought would be a good fit. These were people who were safety-minded. Uh, I knew they already had concealed uh, carry permits for their, for their um, firearms, and they, all, and they already carried on a regular basis. So that 
told me a bit about their lifestyle, that they were security-minded and safety-conscious. But these were also men and um, even a couple of women who were active members of our church and felt passionate about protecting the church as much as I did. So are they an active member? Do you know them and can others vouch for them? So the next thing that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to cast a vision for what you are building. What kind of team are you building? You know, we're not building a team of bouncers. Um, you know, if you've been to a concert or you've been to a bar, you see the security people guarding the stage or the bouncers guarding the door at the bar ready to pounce on somebody who's had a too much to drink, starts to get out of control. This is not what we are. Um, a safety team at a church is very different. Um, in reality, especially if you're using uh, people who are not dressing any differently, they're not wearing any clothing that says security, they just blend in. Most people think that our safety team members are just part of the ushers team or the, uh, the hospitality team or the greeting team. They have no idea. Um, the people that need to know know, but, but visitors coming in have no idea because we don't look any different. They're smiling, they're waving, they're greeting people as they come in, but they're also watching. So um, this is really important. What, what are you building? Cast a vision for what you are trying to build. Um, and I'm going to give you our mission statement here in a minute. I'm actually going to let you hear part of our job description to kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about. But what do you need? What are some, some, some immediate things that you need from the people that you're wanting to put on this safety and security team in your church? You've, you've, you've vetted them as much as you can. You've talked to them. You feel like they've got the right mindset. You feel like they've got a good... Um, uh, their tools, their skill set would fit in with what you want to do. Um, you feel like they've bought into the vision. They want to be a part. Um, they're an active member of your church. So now what do you need from them? I require a few things. First of all, I require a copy of their driver's license and their pistol permit. Now, obviously, if you're living in an area or a country or another state in the United States that doesn't make it easy, then you're going to have to look at this a little bit differently, and you might um, even have an unarmed security team. That's fine. We're, 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 we're in the South and, uh, you know, it's easy to get a, a pistol permit and, um, you know, it's no problem at all. And so our, our, our members are all required to give me a copy of their driver's license and their pistol permit. Now, if they don't have one yet, that's fine. I'll walk them through the process and kind of help them along. Um, you know, and even they can even attend some of the training, but they're not going to be an active member of the team yet. Um, so a copy of their driver's license and their carry permit. The next thing I require is a certificate from a National Rifle Association Certified Firearms Safety Course. Now, the NRA is the premier firearm safety organization in America. No matter what you hear on the news, they are the premier organization um, that provides firearms training and certification all over the country. And probably wherever you live, you'll be able to find a, a firearms place, especially in America, um, a gun store, a, a, a range where you can get a uh, take a safety course. These are usually three, four hours long, and um, they're taken by an NRA. Uh, you take this course, they're run by an NRA certified instructor, and so you're going to get a standardized type of training that's going to provide you with at least a baseline of safety and training. Now, I like this course to be fairly, have, have been taken fairly recently. 
Um, I had someone who had taken one like 20 years before and they hadn't had any training since then. And I required them to take another course to join the team. Now, if somebody has taken a course and it was years ago, but they've also are regularly training and and I, and I, and I see how they conduct themselves, then, then I might make a, a waiver on that. But um, ongoing training is a part of what we do. So a certificate from an NRA certified instructor's course. And then we also say, listen, let's get more training. This is just the baseline. Um, I've got some people on my team who, who have had multiple classes, different types of classes, intermediate, advanced. Listen, let's get as much training as we can so we can do the best job possible. And then number three, this is after they've been vetted, they've got provided their firearms uh, documents, um, they provided their, their certificate. Number three is we put them through a firearms qualification and safety course. So they've taken a class on how to be safe by a certified NRA instructor, but now they've got to actually shoot a passing score in our qualification course. Why do we do this? Well, every police department requires their police officers to qualify at least once a year. Uh, my police department required that we qualify quarterly, and you had to shoot a passing score. If you didn't shoot a passing score, they let you try one more time. If you didn't shoot a passing score then, they pulled you off the road and started talking about firing you. This is how serious it is. So what we found is we want to um, provide a standard and every year, everyone has to meet this standard. And we've been very fortunate. We've had several people over the years fail, but given a second try, they, they've always managed to pass. Um, and so um, it's not a crazy hard test. It's, it's actually easier than the, the one most of the police departments do, but it is challenging. And just the stress of having to pass every year um, gives a little bit of an adrenaline uh, rush so that they have to... Uh, really focused. So this also, we keep a, a record of all of our training. So God forbid if something happens, but we've got documentation showing that every member on our team has met a standard um, annually and are, are, are certified by, by us to carry their firearm. Um, and then number four, the, the fourth thing we require is regular training. And we train on a variety of topics. I'm actually going to get into this more next week. But we train on a variety of topics. We provide some basic training when, when someone joins our team. But then every, every month or two, we, we provide additional training, whether it's in person or sometimes I'll send out an article or a video. But there's some type of ongoing training requiring our team members to kind of um, uh, think through some things or to work through some things. Um, sometimes we go to the church and actually practice there, working on different scenarios and situations. But regular training is very important. Now, let me give you um, a, 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 another really important question, and it's this. Do you have a job description for your safety team? What are they going to be doing? You know, first of all, I believe you should have a job description for every major volunteer position in your church. Um, it actually elevates the, the job when you provide them with a job description. It actually makes it much more serious. So that we want to elevate the job position by giving them a job description. And if this is what helps uh, in some people's minds make it more official, that's fine. 
But uh, the first thing we have on our job description is our mission statement. Our mission statement, of course, our church has a mission statement. But within our, our division, our, our safety team, we have a mission statement too. And it's, it's this, it says, Our mission is to protect the members, guests, and facilities of the C3 Church. So guard yourselves and God's people, Acts 20, 28, the New Living Translation. Our team members should have the mindset of a warrior and the heart of a servant. <clears throat> so that is our mission statement for the team. Now, let me give you a few of the specific duties and responsibilities. Now, this is a two-page document. I'm not going to read it to you. <clears throat> However, if you wanted a copy of it, I'd be happy to send it to you. But um, I'm just going to give you a few thoughts and a few of the points that we have on here that uh, help guide our safety team. So, um, I, specific duties and responsibilities. Identify questionable, questionable behavior and respond quickly. Patrol the grounds before, during, and after services and at special events, checking for any threats. Now, every church has got different type of setup, and so you'd have to kind of decide what the best way for you to do that is. We've got a very specific way that we look out for our, our facility, that we guard the parking lot, that we guard our children's wing, and, you know, you just will have to develop whatever your own plan is and whatever your best practices are. But have some type of <clears throat> plan for each service on how you're going to do that. Report any behavior that could escalate out of control. Now, this is when the safety team actually starts getting involved in things. Most of the time, we're just observers. But the reality is, if I've got someone on my team who's not willing to step up and and deal with a situation that I'm, I'm not going to be able to keep them on the team. I've got to have people that are willing to step out and say, hey, what's going on? Um, if somebody starts uh, becoming disruptive in church, if someone becomes disruptive in the parking lot, if someone is trying to cause a scene, whatever it might be, um, we've got to be able to identify that before it escalates. And call it in to the rest of the team so that we can begin to deal with it. Um, often in the past, I've had team members say, hey, this guy over here just kind of doesn't look right. He's kind of fidgety or, you know, it's 22 degrees outside and he's already sweating or whatever it is. These are valid concerns. But what I always tell that team member is, have you spoken to him? Oh, well, no, I'm just watching. Well, my advice is always, hey, go shake their hand, introduce yourself. And they're getting much better about that because that was obviously for people who are more introverted. That's, that's you know, a horrible thing to tell someone to do. But this is the best way to de-escalate things. You see someone that's acting a little bit off uh, before service, after service, whatever. Um, you just go over and introduce yourself. Ask them if they've been coming for a while. Strike up a conversation. They don't know you're part of the safety team. And this just gives you an opportunity to kind of find out what's going on. Um, we had this situation one time where someone was, uh, a man was actually, you could tell he was agitated. There was something going on and 
Um, one of our team members began talking to him and just introduced himself. And come to find out, the guy had, you know, had a big fight with his wife on the way to church, and they had said some things, and she had said he had said some things, she had said some things, and so he carried that over into church with him. But by the team member talking to him, he was able to de-escalate it, calm the guy down, and the guy was like, "Hey, man, thanks for talking to me." He had no idea the guy was part of the safety team and that he had just been screened for a safety issue. He just thought it was a concerned. Christian or pastor or leader in the church looking out for him. Um, if there's an incident, I'm going to continue reading on specific duties and responsibilities. If there is an incident, an inc- if there, or if an incident is threatening the safety of the congregation, dial 911 immediately. Uh, our team has been trained that when there's a situation that looks like it's going to escalate, something that we're not going to be able to calm down, something that's going to be beyond a scope of our authority. Remember, we're not police we're not police officers. Something beyond the scope of our authority, one team member or the team leader will be designated to call 911. We want the police in route. Now, someone asked how long you know how many times have you had to call the police at church? Not many. But there've been a few. Um, we had someone who who was um threatening one of the pastors, and they showed up for Sunday service, and um, I refused to let them in. Um, once you send threatening messages, uh, you know, via Facebook messenger or email or text or whatever, at that point, you've forfeited your right to come to church as far as I'm concerned. And and they were furious. They said, you can't do this. You've got to, you know, accept me like I am, whatever. And I said, no, no, no. I'm At this point now, I'm more concerned about everybody else and protecting them from you. And they didn't like that, but the police got there, and we did a criminal trespass warning on this person, and we haven't seen them since, thank God. But um, somebody's designated to call 911 because, again, we're not bouncers. We're not police officers. We're there to protect um, and to you know make sure nothing gets out of hand. If it does, call the police. Um, next point, when responding to an incident, check the area for any potential dangers. Now, I put this in the job description because I want our people thinking bigger than just the incident. Because if I were to say, hey, there's a guy sitting in the back of the congregation wearing a black hoodie pulled up over his head, um, and he's talking to himself. And the safety team was going to approach that person. I want them thinking beyond just that person. Because what if he's not by himself? There might be other people that are sitting around him that are connected with him. So I want us having a big picture view. I want us to develop our observation skills. So as we're going to approach this person and ask them if they need help or ask them if there's a problem or is there anything we can do for them, um, you know, check the area. Next point on the uh, job description. Intentionally, notice that word intentionally, greet guests visitors, and strangers who appear out of place, or maybe they appear out of sorts, or maybe there's, uh, they just, something's not right. You just kind of, we, we, we call it one of those, it just don't feel right things. Um, you know, one of those things where, you know, something's just a little off. Intentionally greet them with, hey, can I help you with anything? Because now you're asking for a response. This is not a, a really an open-ended question. Of course, they could say no and walk off. But most of the time, most people will say, "Well, look, I'm just I'm looking. I'm new here, and I'm looking for the the how to check my kids in." Great. Let me show you, and we can direct them to somebody who can help them get their their kids checked in. 
Or the other one is, yeah, I'm, you know, I haven't, I'm not a member here, but, you know, um, I'm two months behind on my house rent and I need to talk to your pastor and see if they'll give me some money. Okay, that's a whole different response. But may I help you with something? Um, is there anything that you're looking for? Or is there, any, is there someone you're looking for? Uh, may I assist you with anything? Gauge the answers to these questions to determine the phase of action that you're going to take. So I'm going to stop there. That's Like I say, that's just a, a, a small percentage of our uh, two-page job description, but it gives you an idea of, of how we, we view things in our church and how our team members are trained to work together. Um, so this gives you an idea. And like I say, if you don't have a job description, I would say develop one. There's some on the internet. Uh, you can ask me, I'll get you a copy of ours, uh, anything we can do to help. Next week, we're going to talk about the importance of training. And we're going to talk about the topics that your team needs to be trained in. If you're going to develop a real professional quality safety team, these people have to be trained. You can't just hope that for the best, you know, hey, this person, you know, likes to carry his gun. Well, that's great. I like to carry my gun too, but we need lots and lots of training um, in different areas. So next week we'll be discussing some of the training that we put our team through and some training I would suggest that you look at for your team. Um, for now, I'm going to wrap it up. That, that gives you an idea of, of at least getting started on building your team. But I'd love to hear from you. What, uh, what has been your experience in putting a team together? What are some of the other things that you might look for in a team member? And what are some questions that you might want to hear answered in this important discussion? Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post. Um, while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. Just drop your email address in, and that way we can stay in touch. You get my blog every week, and we can stay connected. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. We'll discuss more on church safety next week on Leading and Learning. Mm-hmm.